I was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder back in 2004 when I was 15. At the time, treatment options were limited. The professional shrugged and said, sorry, there's not much we can do, good luck. Although my parents did their best to get me whatever help they could find, my struggle with BPD was intense. By my early 20s, I experienced all nine symptoms and felt completely unhinged, like I was sharing my body with a demon. I couldn't maintain relationships, stay in school, or hold down a job. If it weren't for the generosity of others, I would have been homeless. At the worst of it, I pushed almost everyone away and felt such a deep sense of despair and hopelessness that I didn't want to keep living at all. I dragged myself through my mid-20s, and when I turned 28, I finally found a reliable dialectical behavior therapy program. I understand DBT doesn't work for everyone, but it was a game changer for me. It was also the first time the clinician looked at me and saw a person with a bright future, and that made a world of difference. It still took tremendous effort on my part to internalize and apply what I learned, and I had to go through the DBT program several times before I could graduate. By the time I reached 30, I achieved stability, and now at 34, I no longer meet the diagnostic criteria for BPD. I've become a self-employed seamstress, finished my undergraduate degree in psychology, repaired relationships with family, and even got married. But gosh, it took 15 years just to get to a semblance of recovery. Part of the problem was the timing of my diagnosis and the lack of available treatments, but there were some ways I held myself back too. One of these ways was how I define recovery. So in my family, we have a saying, fashion versus function. It's about the difference between appearance and purpose. For the longest time, I was fixated on achieving a fashionable recovery, basically an unrealistic, picture-perfect vision of normal. I thought that appearing flawless would protect me from experiencing negative emotions ever again. But let's be real here, even the average person doesn't have it all figured out. No one goes through life without making mistakes or feeling upset. So why did I think I had to be the exception? Deep down, I knew it wasn't possible to meet that standard, and so I was defeated before I even took a single step forward. A turning point came when I stopped chasing a fashionable recovery and started chasing a functional one. Instead of trying to imitate my distorted idea of normal, I focused on what would actually work for me and make me the most effective version of myself. And you know, sometimes I do things that might seem a little unusual. I mean, I'm a 34-year-old with a plushie collection because they bring me comfort when I'm down. It might not be the norm for people my age, but so what? It works for me, and it's not immoral, illegal, or harming anyone else, so I think that's okay. How do you define recovery? I don't think there's a single right answer, but however you conceptualize it, consider whether it's helping you or holding you back. Do you need to adjust something in your definition? Think about it. Another way I held myself back was underestimating the power of community. There was a time I genuinely believed I was the only person in the world who suffered this much. And because of that, it didn't even occur to me to seek out other people with DVD. While I was going through DBT, I discovered the BPD Instagram community and started talking to other people who shared my experiences. And then something incredible happened. My recovery journey got a little easier because even when I felt alone, I knew I wasn't alone. Whenever I felt like giving up, I would think of my BPD friends. I knew how much pain they experienced and I wanted to be able to share stories of success to prove that it was possible to get better. 
and those thoughts helped me keep moving forwards. The more relationships I built with people living with BPD, the more I felt devastated by the fact that so many of us don't survive it, and that inspired me to set one of my long-term life goals, reduce the suicide rate of people with BPD by at least 1%. Okay, great. So great, I had a goal. How the heck was I going to achieve that? I've always been a performer, and I thought making videos might be a good way to reach people on a large scale. But I only represent one expression of BPD, and there are loads of different ways that people internalize or express the same symptoms. Even though I believe it's possible for anyone with BPD to create a life that feels worthwhile, how could I convince others if it was just me? I thought of all the different kinds of people I'd met, and that's when I had an idea. Why not create a show that brings together a group of individuals who've learned to manage different expressions of BPD in their own unique ways? Together, they could inspire others and be living proof that no matter who you are, where you've been, or where you're going, you can build a life worth living. And that's how the BPD Bunch video podcast was born. I reached out to my friends, put out ads for cast members, and the response blew me away. Ten months and two seasons later, I have 18 castmates who have become the heart and soul of the BPD Bunch community. Our show reaches over 1,000 viewers every week in 101 countries. We get regular messages about how we're making a difference, and my hope is that this will be just one of many projects that can help people with BPD not only survive, but truly thrive. If you told me at my lowest what I would be doing today, straight up, I would have thought you were lying to me. I felt so completely broken and so painfully lonely. How could things ever change? If I could travel back to talk to my younger self, I'd reassure her that she's not alone. I'd say, Sani, one day you'll meet an amazing group of people who truly understand you, and whenever you need support, you'll be able to call Alex, Andre, Celine, Jess, Andrea, Georgette, Sophie, Lena, Mo, Raph, Madurama, Melanie, Jay, Karis, Darren, Lore, Celine, and Katya. These are just the names of my BPD Bunch castmates, but there are countless other incredible individuals with BPD I've connected with over the years. And you don't need to be part of a formal project to find the, that community. It just takes small steps reaching out and building connections with others. If you're nervous to reach out to someone first, organizations like Emotions Matter that focus on peer support can be a great place to start. And then, one conversation at a time, you can find your tribe too. Together, we can rewrite our stories and build lives filled with hope, resilience, and joy. Thank you.